Hello and welcome to According to John. Today we're going to talk about why is there so much evil in the world? And we are also told that as the day of Christ's return draws near, evil men and evil men and seducers will wax Wax worse worse and and worse, worse, deceiving and being deceived. So this is in our face. One of the things that amazes me, and I don't know why, every time I open the Bible today and read it, it literally is running parallel with the news and life. Yeah. Glove of prophecy, hand of reality. Every, every time. Yeah. You know, so, hey, listen, uh, we're going to go to the Lord in prayer. As, you know, last time we did the podcast and we prayed before we podcasted, and then we forgot to pray on the podcast. Mm-hmm. So we need both. We need. <laughs> <laughs> listen, guys, one of the things that is so important, and I'm going to tell you, uh, thank you, thank you, thank you, Duke and I both, from with all of our heart, appreciate you tuning in. I also know that on According to John, we tackle the tough, tough questions. You're no sissy, John. (laughs) (laughs) Just so you guys know, we don't tackle hard questions to incite anyone. Our desire is really to answer, give people scriptural answers of what God says about what's in our face. And uh, we, we did a podcast that's that's going to go up uh, here. Um, well, by the time this one goes up, it'll already be up on uh, the difference between sex and gender. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't listen to that one, make sure you go back and listen to it. They're hard questions because they're not popular answers. But they're questions, number one, that the Bible clearly addresses. And number two, they're issues that are in our face. So to avoid them yeah. would be foolish. The Bible I, says be instant, in season and out of season, rebuke, rebu- reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and right. doctrine. Yeah. And you're faithful to do that. And um, and not only that, but faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. By the word of God. Yeah. So as long as you're hearing what we're teaching in it and you look and do your own research, uh, make sure it all lines up. I mean, I, we do that, but I encourage you to do that as well. And every time you tune in, you are learning and growing and maturing Mm -hmm. in the word of God. So you know how to stand in the evil days and putting on the whole armor of God. This is part of it. You know, knowing what the Bible says about topics and it, it, we're in a season now where it's not popular, just like the Bible predicted it would be. We're living in those days, but, but greater is he is in us than he is in the world. And truth is still truth. It doesn't change. I'm the same yesterday, today and forever. Jesus said, I'm the great I am, I change not. So we win. Yes, yes. And and I'm excited to, because I like winning. <laughs> I, uh, we threw some losers back in the day, didn't we, Johnny? Yeah, it really did. But I, every, every, game that I, every game that I play, I play to win. Amen. People are like, uh, Pastor, you got a problem with winning? No, I have no problem at all with winning. <laughs> I do it very well. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. So, hey, let's go to the Lord in prayer. And, uh, and then we are going to get started in this. So let's pray, brother. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you. Father, thank you. Thank you for another opportunity to share your word, to grow one another, Father, to help us grow. Father, I pray that you would use this podcast to reach the lost, to teach the saved, Father, to help all those who may be lacking in understanding, to gain understanding, that you would get the glory, Father, and that we get uh, life everlasting, not just life in heaven, but Father, things are so much enjoyable on earth when we really understand who you are, how much you love us, and you you bring things uh, to clarity, Father, and thank you for that. Father, we ask that you bless our hearts, our minds, and our ears. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so why is there so much evil in the world? And, and let's face it, man, there's a lot of evil in the world, and people have a tendency, if they don't have anybody else to blame, they blame God. Mm-hmm. We have the immediate. And then we have the uh, the ultimate. We have uh, the what has come to fruition, but this is the result of something that has happened in the past. And to understand the present, we must go back. We have to go back. Past. We have to go back. So, um, you know, because sometimes people say, well, it's genetics. <laughs> and sometimes it is. And I'm going to say this is genetics. <laughs> it is, yeah. But we come back to that question, why? Right. 
Right. And there's one answer to this. There is. Um, and uh, we know what that is because we've cheated and read the Bible. We, right. And, uh, and it's that Adam was an idiot. So anyway, <laughs> here we go. What, wherefore, as by one man, sin, enter sin the world. enters into the world. And so why do we have evil? Well, it's sin. But let's unfold it and look at the history. Number one, we have to understand the definition of evil. Because if I, I, I told someone the other day, I said, you're evil. Well, of course, that 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 lands like dropping a fifty-pound weight on someone's toe. It just doesn't it doesn't land well. And they were like, oh, "I'm not evil." And I go, "Hold on a minute. The reason you don't think you're evil is you don't understand the definition of evil." Because here's the reality: every human being is evil, or at least even even the saved are evil periodically, right? So evil. Evil is that which is morally wrong or sinful. Mm -hmm. Disobedience to God. Disobedience to God. Rebellion against God, right? Um, also, evil is defined, or part of that definition, is the absence of good, right? And so, so what's, the, what's good? Well, God says he is good. Jesus says, why do you call me good? There isn't but one thing that's good, and that's God. And so the absence of good is evil. Well, if you don't bring good, being God, into something, and God doesn't show up, you got evil. We do. Yeah, yeah. so the definition. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I cut you off, brother. No, uh, we're, we're on the same page here. Just a, a time frame. Uh, I, I remember as a, a young guy uh, f facing the world, uh, grew up in liquor business, my dad, and then I got into the drug culture and just my life was spiraling out of control. And there's a Vietnam war going on. Why are my friends getting their brains blown out in Vietnam and heard God is love. And if, yeah, God if God's love, love how where'd all this evil come from? Cause everywhere I look, it looks like it's evil. And I didn't yeah. know the scriptures and I'm, but there was something moving my heart to try to figure it out. Uh, Jesus Christ lighteth the path of every man that cometh in the world. So here I am totally, totally evil, given to evil, selling drugs to kids, but having a hole in my heart and, uh, and the spirit of God visits evil. Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock uh, door of our heart. And so he pursues us and I'm seeing all this evil and I'm trying to reconcile if God is love. And I wanted to believe that. And I sort of did believe that, but I had a lot of problems. I had holes that needed to be filled. If God is love, why is there all this evil yeah. in the world? So since God is good and the measure of, uh, of goodness, I mean, it's all God is the good and the measure of it revolves around God. Then evil is that which goes against his nature and his ways and evil exists and, and I said this earlier to you, and you were like, I have another word, <laughs> and I'm going to agree with that. Evil exists because of rebellion against God. And I, I said, Duke, do you, can you think of another reason? I cannot think of another reason other than straight-up rebellion against God. And then Duke said, volition. Choice. It's choice. The rebellion literally is your choice, your decision to be obedient or to be disobedient. It, it's bottom line. And so if you're choosing to be disobedient, your volition, you have that right. Because listen, choices are free. The consequences cost. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And people have a tendency to forget the consequence in the process of making the choice. <laughs> Johnny, this is the, probably the, the main event that launched, uh, the person that I became in Christ that delivered me from the evil world that I was living in. Now I still live in an evil world, but it's the world so much that's around me. The evil that I was living in, in those days, cause I'm selling drugs. I'm high all the time. I'm driving fast. Yeah, You I'm, were part of the world. Yeah. I was just, I was, I was partying and you know, women were boy toys and it was, it was, it was, it was filth and it was, it was evil but it was self-induced evil. I was participating in evil. I right. was bringing pain to other people, but still this, this, this battle inside. And I think today's message is going to really help uh, equip younger believers to, to figure this thing out and have, have a hold of it. But maybe if you haven't made found Christ in a very real way yet, this, this will really help you. Yeah. Amen. So remember you, you said earlier, we got to go, we got to take a walk in history. 
So we're going to go backwards a little bit because I want you to see the progression. Because sometimes people only see their their situation and they don't see the progression of the whole situation. Uh, so we look at the first creature who rebels, right? And the, and the first creature uh, that rebels against God is Satan. And then after Satan rebels, then we have more that follow. I mean, we have a, a third of the angels uh, that happen to say, hey, I'll jump on board with that, right? And so he does. We see it in Isaiah 14, 12 through 14. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning, how you are cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations, for you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will, I will, I will, I will. Five times, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. I will not be number two. I will be number one. There we I, go. I, 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 I. That's where it all started. And he is our mortal enemy. Yes. The father of all lies and a murderer from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Then we have Ezekiel 28, 12 through 18. Uh, Son of man, take up the lamentation for the king of Tyre and say to him, thus says the Lord God, you were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Very precious stone was your covering, the sardius. And he goes on, right? The work, I'll jump down. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. You were the anointed cherub who covers. I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of the fiery stones. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created until. <laughs> until he exercised his volition. Iniquity Huge. was found in you. By the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence within, and you sinned. Therefore, I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God, and I destroyed you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the fiery stones. Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I laid you before kings that they might gaze at you. You defiled your sanctuaries by the multitude of your iniquities, by the iniquity of your trading. Therefore, I brought fire from your midst. It devoured you, and I turned you to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all who saw you. We have the great biblical foundation of the fall of Satan in heaven and God cast him to the earth with the intentions of one day casting him into the lake, lake of, of fire. fire. But I remember when I began to understand the, the fall of man in Genesis 3, cast from heaven. What he tried to do in heaven? Take over. Yep. Be in complete control. Yep. He's cast to the earth. What's he going to do here? Exactly. The same thing. The same thing. Because you know why? Dude. You, you can't change what you are. Even humanly speaking, you, if you're evil, you're evil. And the only thing that's going to change that evil in your heart is God. There was no sorrow in his heart. There no, was repentance. no repentance. Right. Just dug in and go for the juggler. Isn't, isn't that what we do too? Like we get caught and we dig in deeper. It's like we try to do it. It's yeah. so crazy. So after Satan's fall, the angels fall. Then you know what? The humans follow suit. And so Satan comes in. He deceives Adam uh, and Eve. And Adam willingly joined her. Yeah. And we find that in Genesis chapter 3. I remember in my journey seeing lord why did you know it's it's said about creation it is good it is good it is good it is good like six or seven times and he gets to chapter two and he plants a tree in the middle of the garden one rule don't eat of this tree good knowledge of good and evil and the day you eat there you'll surely die and i remember like why did you plant that there and i i know now the answer is god is love and if you have love, you also it, it necessitates volition right you have to have a choice you, you, 
I yeah, can't because you, you can't love if you don't choose. I mean, yeah. just to be honest. I can't make my wife love right, me. Right, right. She has to choose. And if I do the things that are, uh, you know, that are, are proper, uh, that love kind of. <laughs> <laughs> There's some blessing up yeah, on that love. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, There'll be some love on that love. <laughs> and I remember God planted that tree. Just one rule all it takes. Jesus yeah. said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Right. Obey me. Because he is love, and anything he asks of us is only for our own good. So you remember Ed Walls, obviously, you and Ed's friends, yeah, and buddy. Ed and I are friends, right? He was my professor in college. I went to college as a grown man. Anyway, we're sitting in the classroom, and uh, Ed Walls, he asked this question. Why was the tree planted in the middle of the garden? Wow, never thought of it, the middle. It was in the middle, right smack in the middle. You have to teach me. It is on display. Yeah. Why? Did God do it to draw Central. the people in? Did God do it to, did God tempt them? Did God set them up for failure? And I remember I raised my hand and he said, John, and I said, God planted the tree in the middle of the garden because that's where it belonged because that's where he wanted it. And he said, explain. And I said, well, so when my first child, when, when my wife was pregnant for our first child, everyone kept telling me, John, you got to childproof your home. You got to move this. You got to do this. You got to put this here. You got to put that there. And, you gotta, and I go, no, no, no. I don't need to move everything out of the way of my child. My child needs to learn how to leave things alone. They went there because they belong there. I didn't set my, I'm not setting my child up because they were there before my child was born, before my child was even conceived, this was there. Why do I have to go now and change the whole world for my child when I need to ch teach my child how to accept the things in the world and deal with them properly? Yeah. So all of a sudden, what I, I was telling the people, I'm like, listen, the tree was there because, this is what I told Ed, the tree was there because it belonged there. Why? Because it was God's garden and God's tree, and he plants things where he wants them. He doesn't change them because someone might be disobedient. He tells us to be obedient. Mm -hmm. And same way with my child. I didn't move things out of the way. Now, that doesn't mean I didn't protect my, my yeah. child. I, I put the little things in the plug socket so my child wouldn't. Sure. Yeah. I put locks on the door so my child wouldn't get into the cabinets and get poisoned. I mean, we're not, we're not right. silly. But, you know, I didn't put my stereo up out of their reach. I didn't move uh, certain mm -hmm. objects because they belong there, and we're not going to move them. We're going to teach our child to be obedient and, and leave it alone. And that's exactly what this was. This, this was all about obedience. God didn't set anyone up. God said, uh, first lesson, you have volition. <laughs> you, I'm going to let you to choose to love me and be obedient yeah. or disrespect me and be a disobedient. Because love requires volition. It does. And I remember th how that enlightened me. It's, it's like set my heart free. It's, it's not God's fault. All this evil's around me. It's people that don't listen to God that create all the evil that just lit up my world. Yeah. And well, and here I tell I ask people all the time. I'm like, Hey, do you want your wife to love you because she loves you? Or do you want to pay your wife to love you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want my wife to, cause you know what? If my wife loves me cause she loves me, guess what she's going to do? She going to love me. Mm-hmm. And God is love. He he and he wants that. He, listen, he reciprocate. He gives it to us, sets it up, establishes it, and then requires it to come back. So I see two major steps here. Number one, we just hit that nail on the head. God is love. Volition is necessary for there to be love. Otherwise, we're just robots. God didn't create robots. Right. He created man in His own image. Well, and that's why even John three sixteen, we are to choose Him. All through scriptures, you know, God, listen, God loved us enough to give us a choice. And God made the choice before man made right. the choice that he knew man would blow it. And I got a plan to fix yep. it. Yep. And it's going to cost God everything, which, which cost also, him his only son. which also goes back to the fact that when people say God's a loving God, he would never send anybody to hell. And you're right. God would never send anybody to hell. He gives you the choice. <laughs> you have the choice to love me and come to my house or not love me. And the alternative, go to hell. Mm -hmm. God says, I'm not going to send you there. I'm going to let you choose. He bought us a ticket to go to heaven. 
Yeah, and we and most people rip it up. You know, I see the love of God in that, in that tree in the middle of the garden. It's like, ah, you planted that there because you want us to know you, to love you, mm-hmm. to serve you. And the people, the evil in the world is not your fault. It's not because of the tree in the garden. It's it, it's it's because you want us to know you, to love you, to serve you. Then the second level of that, I remember the next huge question that, that I had to get resolved. Number one, why did you plant the tree in the middle of the garden? Number two, why did you allow Satan to be cast from heaven to the earth? God could have sent him straight to hell, but he didn't. Yeah. He sent him here. It's like, why did God plant the tree in the middle of the garden? That's a good question. That's very. I never thought of that. That, thank you. I learned something today. Amen. Number, but why did God send the enemy here? God left Satan to test us. Yes. Not to tempt us. Mm-hmm. Amen. Huge, huge dragon theology into this, John. Not to, yeah, and because spot on. Because so many people go, oh well, you know, he he's here to tempt me. No, no, no. God didn't leave him here to tempt you. God left Satan here so you can have volition to choose him or not to choose him. Otherwise, you're the robot. You know. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Right. But the, you know, God calls the church uh, the bride of Christ, mm-hmm. and He calls Israel the the bride of Jehovah, and. And so there's this affection thing that God's right. got going on in, in this battle between good and evil. We just see it as, as you know, just pain and war and all that. But in reality, there's some the godly affection going right. on behind the scenes as well. Well, I want to move on. So in this, we see uh, that uh, humans follow suit of Satan. They fell. Then we also see in Genesis, that was Genesis 3. In Genesis 4, uh, we see a rapid growth of evil. You're given a timeline of rebellion against God. It, it just, and it was, Major it, events. And it's like never, and it just doesn't stop. And we see it again today. Uh, if, if we were at another chapter, it would be the rebellion the way it looks like today. So rapid growth of evil, you know, as Cain murders Abel. And uh, then we see uh, uh, fast forward about a thousand years. We get to Genesis chapter six. In Genesis six, five, uh, there was great wickedness. It says, uh, then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent and of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. When we ask the question, why is there evil? So we have the father, the, uh, the devil, right? The worldly father, the devil, and man's hearts are set on evil continually. continually. They are of their father. The devil. devil. And so so as we look, as we're going through history, what do we see? We see first Satan falls and then a continuance of people to follow him. Mm-hmm. Started with the angels following him and then the rest followed him. And you go, why would anybody follow him? Listen, God already said he made him perfect, beautiful, uh, intelligent. I mean, listen, Satan's got a lot going for him. He just uses it all for evil. evil. After a thousand years or so, uh, everyone's hearts are set on wickedness and then god destroys the earth with the flood right the worldwide flood sort of start out all over again let's do this again and then he preserves noah and his family and then we see in genesis 6 through 9 we're not going to read it that's three chapters you can go read genesis chapter 6 through 9 talks about the flood and then in first peter three twenty, it says who formerly were disobedient when once the divine long-suffering, we're in 1 Peter 3.20, uh, long-suffering waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared in which a few, that is eight souls, were saved through water. That meaning that, that they floated on top of the water is how they were saved. The water destroyed the evil and it saved the, it, the, the eight righteous. The eight righteous. So shortly after the flood, Noah gets drunk. He exposes himself inappropriately. We see that in Genesis chapter 9, right? We fast forward. Uh, population has grown. We got, we got a few uh, years under our belt again. and then About in, 500 years to Tower of Babel. In Genesis uh, 9-1, God says, it says, So God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And then what we have is 500 years later, rather than being fruitful and keep multiplying the earth, uh, in Genesis 11:4, the people have come together. They have been disobedient again. They're serving themselves, this volition. They say this, verse 4, and they said, Come, let us, 
that I and us and me and we is making—it's all about us, right? Some guide out. It's all about me. Yeah, it says, "Let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make names for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Let's make us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth." And God said, "Fill the whole earth." So they immediately they said, hey, you know what? Here's what we're going to do. We're not going to fill the whole earth. We're not going to be obedient. We're going to make a name for ourselves, and we're going to build a tower to God, and we're going to be like him. We'll get to heaven our way. We're going to work our – remember, because that's what Cain did. Cain was trying to work his own way. Mm-hmm. If you didn't go on according to John, the days of Noah, it, there's a podcast on there of uh, about Cain and Abel. And – yeah, Cain created his own religion, his own way, and Abel uh, surrendered to God. And then, of course, we see here, it's just a short window of time, and people are already me, 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 I, I, I. Let's make a name for ourselves. Let's be somebody. And Well, that's of their father, the devil. Yeah. And uh, the judgment comes again. Which also shows since the beginning of time, people act like their dad. Yeah, and, and men just don't <laughs> get it. They don't get it. So they choose to build a tower in Genesis eleven four, And then, of course, God knows their sinfulness, and he knows that it is only going to increase. Why? Well, because history repeats itself over and over again, which we've already seen. And so what does he do? He's like, listen, man, if, if I don't go down there and uh, confuse their language and scatter them, They'll destroy themselves. It was for their own good. It was for their own good that God comes down and creates this. Well, we would think it's chaos, but for God, uh, he created chaos when all the groups were as one, but he didn't create chaos for each group. Mm -hmm. Because force them to scatter. He forced them to go out, right? In verse 5. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, indeed, people are one and they all have one language. And this is what they begin to do. Now, nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. I love this passage because you know what it says? Anything a man puts his mind to, he can accomplish, especially when everybody's all on the same page. Mm-hmm. You can accomplish it for good or you can accomplish it for evil. Evil. And so then verse 7, we see where there is a conversation between the Trinity. Come, let us go down and there confuse their language that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad and there over the face of all the earth and they ceased building the city. I just, I love this passage. I actually preached on it one time because it shows that, that men are capable to do whatever they set their mind to. And so if you have an excuse that you can't be good, well, it's because you set your mind to be evil. If you have a, a, if you say, well, I can't be evil, it's because you set your mind to be good. We, we do that, which we decide. Mm-hmm. And then volition. it's volition every time. And then God, God's like, God even says you can do whatever you want. And then God says, um, all right, boy, son, Jesus, uh, Holy Spirit, let's go. We got a job to do. Yeah. Forced, forced obedience in the form of judgment. But again, it was all only for their own good. It's their self-preservation. Yeah. And, or, uh, or their preservation, not self. Forgive me for yeah, that. Yeah. for their pre- It was for their good. And they, they didn't get it, of course. And, and that, of course, that takes us to the next point is, uh, you know, God limits evil. And then God uh, he provides a way. God always provides a way of forgiveness and rescue. Salvation is always always by God's grace received through faith in Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. Uh, And I love this passage because it says, and you, man, people, he, God, made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. Again, he says this, and here's where, you have a sin problem. It's in your flesh and in your 
mind. Yeah, this evil situation is on the outside all around us, but even worse, it's on the inside. inside. But that's and there's only one. Uh, there's only one cleaning agent. Mm-hmm. The blood of, of Jesus, Jesus Christ, Christ, God's Son, cleanses from Makes all sin. Us white as snow. And the victory will come from the inside by personal relationship with Christ. And the victory one day is going to come on the outside when he returns. Yeah. And, and you could look at the scattering of the uh, confusing of the languages and the scattering of the people as being, God, that's so bad. How can you do that? But look in verse 4 of Ephesians 2. Uh, it says, but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great, great love. love with which he loved us or extended to us, even when we were dead in trespasses, that's unlovable, (laughs) right? Made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Verse 7, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace Mm -hmm. in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. The day is coming when we are going to be rejoicing in it's heaven and not dealing with this. only just begun. Oh, my goodness. Verse 8, for by grace you have been saved, saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's not of works. You can't earn it. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Verse 10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. I love that passage. It is rich. Mercy. <laughs> it is so right. And and again, it comes down to God says, listen, if I don't do what I do, you'll kill yourself and everybody else. Mm-hmm. You know, going back to the Tower of Babel there is, in anthropology, there is absolutely no explanation for the sudden uh, appearance of over 5,500 human languages. Right. There they are. Yeah, and and here's the thing: who was that creative to teach that many people to make all? It's just boom. Here, the, here's all the languages, uh, in amazing, amazing form. When he confounded the languages, he really did a good job. <laughs> <He> <laughs> really Whoa. Uh, Hebrews eleven one. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And again, salvation, God's grace comes in, and it's what we hope for. But it's not in what we think. It is in what God displays. And we can see it everywhere. You can see it everywhere when your eyes are open. But I remember when my eyes were not open. For the natural man receives not the things of God. And I couldn't see it anywhere. can't see any of it. Hebrews 11.6, but without faith it's impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And so again, God's forgiveness and God's provision, but you got to seek him. Romans chapter 4, as you read it, is about Abraham in verse 4.1. It says, uh, what then shall we say that Abraham our father has found according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. And then it goes on, that is Abraham's uh, faith that was counted to him as righteousness, right? God blessed him in that. Then the Bible also teaches God's judgment. You know, we say, why so much evil? Well, there's so much evil because people keep doing evil. They refuse to serve God. Volition, they're deciding. He knocks and they don't open. They're like, I don't want it. They run and hide. Close the blinds. Hurry up. We don't want them to see what we're doing. I remember how that evil was gripping my heart as a little child. Mama took me to Sunday school, taught me the Ten Commandments, and, you know, thou shalt not steal. And I remember... It, our neighborhood was kind of deteriorating and some kids moved in and we, they, they were stealing candy bars. And I was like, I would never do that. But I hung out with them a lot. And then they challenged me. Oh, you're a sissy, you're a wimp. And I stole a candy bar. I felt so, I felt so bad. And, but I ate it and, and then I did it again and I did it again and again and again. And it got easier and easier. And my conscience was being seared and I was getting conditioned. Uh. So I violated one of the Ten Commandments, and next thing you know... You're violating all of them. Yeah. Hey, there's one word you hit that I absolutely love in Hebrews, that that, that diligently seek him. That's my favorite word in the Bible, diligence. Do what you do heartily as unto the Lord. It's the Greek word exateo. It means the point of or origin from which proceedeth action. 
you know, Johnny, we're going through our life. Why, if God is love, why is there all this evil in the world? And why is there evil within me? And the things I want to do, I don't do. Things I don't want to do, I do. The evil yeah, Romans without. chapter seven. Yeah, yeah, I feel I can't help. I can't stop anything on the outside. What about the stuff inside? And then that exhale, that point, that diligence. And there's a, a moment where God visited your heart, and we know each other's stories. And God visited my heart, the point and origin where God touches our soul and starts a fire. And from that proceeds action. Things well, change. And and here's the other thing about the word diligent is it's not just action. It's action on purpose. Ooh, yes, sir. It is. Get me excited, Johnny. Right? Ooh. Because that's what it is. And, and it comes down to diligence is volition. I am making it a point to press forward to serve God. Mm -hmm. I'm making it a point to press forward. And so diligence isn't just action. It is action on purpose. Instead of being swallowed up by the evil and succumb to the evil within us, we wake up, we let God's word explain to us where this evil came from and that we are more than conquerors through Christ who loved us. He comes in to be greater in us than he that is in the world. Okay, and now now I'm going to stop you right there because you just said something that I think is what the majority of people miss. God says, I, there's no temptation taking you but that which is common to man, and I will give you a way of escape. So people who get caught up in evil, remember evil is anything morally or sinful against God or the absence of God is, is evil. And the, the reason most people can't conquer evil is because... They don't have God in them, not because they're not saved, but because they could even be saved and have suppressed the desires of God for their own desires. So they suppress God and they're not allowing God to be active in them. Yeah, that word, the active, the word diligence. Now we're not going to be eaten up by the evil. We're not going to be controlled by the evil, but we're going to go out to expose the evil and to confront the evil and go out on a rescue mission to get those that are caught up in the evil out of it. And we're going to talk about that because that is a huge point that I, that I want to cover right now. We're exposing what evil is and to answer the question, why is there so much evil? But the reality is there is a solution to getting rid of the evil. Yes. And we're going to talk about that now, probably in part two of the podcast or else we'll be sitting here for, for hours. <laughs> <laughs> we can do it. We can do it. Right. <laughs> um, so the Bible teaches that God's judgment is on evil. John three thirty six. He who believes in the son has everlasting life. Remember, we talked about how God provides a way out believing on the son of Jesus, uh, his son, he who believes in the son has everlasting life. And he who does not believe the son, Jesus shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on present him. tense. You kept using that word. Of course, you got it from the scripture. Believe, believe, believe. Notice that? That's the key. You have to. And if you don't, man, God's judgment comes on because God has got to judge the evil. And the evil is, is you and I when we are disobedient and we leave God out. That's evil. And we pay a price. We, everyone's got to pay a price. Second Peter three, and I love in second Peter three, because he really lays it out beloved. Now this, this here is to believers only beloved, mm -hmm. you children of God, beloved, saved, born again, beloved. That's, that's who he's talking to. I now write to you this second epistle in both of which I stir up your pure minds by way of reminder. In a way, that's what this podcast is, is just to remind people we're answering the question, but we got to be reminded of what God expects. Verse two, that you may be mindful. That word mindful literally means always aware, staying conscious of. That you may, may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days walking according to their own lust. And remember, that is the problem that we're talking about is volition, 
they have a volition to walk of their own desires, right? Verse four, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? Let me trip you up. God's not who God says he is. And so we're oh, they've always been saying that years and years. And so what is that? That is that, pl- that seed of doubt. And then James God, uh, talks about doubt and man that doubts, let him not ask God for anything for he's like the wave of the sea tossed to and fro double-minded man, unstable, unstable in all of his ways. And so he says in verse four, for since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation, evil upon evil. Upon, it's not in there, but that's what keeps continuing. Yeah, yeah. Verse five, for this, they will willfully, for this, they willfully forget volition. Mm-hmm. Willfully means a conscious decision. I love how you walked us through the timeline, the fall in heaven, rebellion in heaven, rebellion on earth, Cain kills Abel, the flood, the Tower of Babel, and on and on it goes. Now you've taken us right up to the end of the timeline. And what are they going to be doing in the end? Exactly. Exactly. The same thing. History just repeats itself. You know, Johnny, it just stood out as you read read the scriptures there a moment ago. You know, Christ paid the penalty for our sin. And he'll forgive us. Will he loves to forgive, yeah. but yeah. we still pay the consequence for our sin. That's why I say, you know, you know, decisions are free, but the consequences cost. Yeah. And by the way, you got to pay the consequence whether you think you're going to go away with it, get away with it or not. Um, be not deceived. God is not mocked. So here we see in five, for this they willfully forget that by the word of God in heavens were of old and the earth standing out of water and in the water, by which the world that then existed perished being flooded by water. But the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. And so why is evil so prevalent on the earth? Because evil people are prevalent on the earth. And of course, now the evil people say we're the evil people. It's so amazing, right? And God says, listen to me, I will, I will judge the ungodly. What is God going to judge the people on? The word of God. Mm-hmm. He will judge them. The books will be opened. God says, listen, I can hold you accountable because I told you. One of the things I always did with my children is we sat down and we would verbally discuss the expectations of whatever it was. If they wanted to go somewhere, here's the expectations. When they wanted a phone, they, they were not allowed to have a phone until they were 16. And if they asked for it after we established it, it would be until they were 18 and could afford it on their own because I would never get them one. So guess what we never talked about? <laughs> the phone ground, the ground rules ground rules so then when we when they did get a phone when they did get a car when they did do these big events in their life we sat down and we made them sign a contract and the reason that we made them sign the contract is because i didn't want to go through the process of saying well we talked about that and we agreed and they go no we didn't talk about it and i would take the contract out and go read it <laughs> Here it is. Read it. Johnny, that's exactly what God did with Israel. Got them out of Egypt, got their attention at Mount Sinai, clearly communicated, made a covenant with them called the the law, the Levitical law. Made it clear in writing, knowing that they would blow it. Yep. And then he would send prophets to send warning, and then he would send judgment. And then... And that's how you raise your kids. And Exactly. And then the New Testament comes along, and that is our contract or God's contract with us, mm-hmm. not, not ours with him, but his with us. Here, this is the contract if you want to come to heaven, and then this is the contract if you don't want to come to heaven. I've explained it all, left nothing out that matters. Willingly. And, and, and so God says, listen, because of the ungodly men, women, children, who practice their volition of ungodliness, God says, I'll judge you. And that judgment is death and hell. So the Bible teaches on judgment. And then we come to the question, if evil is so destructive and God's provided a means of rescue, why is there still so much evil in the world today? And it simply comes down to one answer. Mankind still has a sinful nature. That's the answer. Problems without, problems within, the victory is in Christ and Christ alone. I want to point this out, though. Even though man still has a sinful nature, 
2 Peter 3, 9 and 10 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us. People are like, well, Wednesday in times, I thought God was showing up. God, God is so patient and so desirous of us to be saved and follow him. He's being incredibly patient. Yeah. He's not willing He's not that willing. any should perish. And that's what it says in, in uh, 2 Peter 3, 9. He's long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Repentance is volition. You have to decide to repent and walk away from your sin and walk toward God. And that's what repentance means, by the way, walking away from your sin and walking toward God. That's repentance. And if you, and by the way, if you say, Lord Jesus, I love you, be my savior, I surrender, but you don't ever walk away, you don't ever repent of your sin, uh, the Bible says you're not saved. Mm-hmm. And remind you, I said if you don't ever, because we have the prodigal child too you know that Mm -hmm. they willfully want to serve the flesh and walk away from god but they understand if any man really is in christ old things pass pass away away. you know johnny you've started out you've given us this timeline for the fallen heaven fallen earth tower babel uh flood tower babel now we're in the end day scenario but you know as you look at the entirety of it you know what you see good and evil running on parallel tracks mm-hmm. often arriving yeah. at the same time the world is filled with violence but noah found yeah. grace in the eyes mm-hmm. of the lord in the end times you know the, it's just as the antichrist is ready to arise we still have people that uh well it, still love jesus yeah well and here's why because like you said through the whole history here's what you see you see people fall and you see a heavenly father pick them up. Mm-hmm. You see people fall, and then God comes along and says, hey, I'll tell you what, man, I, I will spare you a lot of running if you'll just stand with me. And the reason we still have evil, because people say, God, I don't want to stand with you. I'll keep running. I was sharing the gospel with a gentleman yesterday. He's 80-plus years old. We were talking, and and. I was sharing with him about hell and how the Bible says it's where the worm doesn't die. And he goes, what do you mean the worm? He goes, that's pretty disgusting. So I shared with the worm and how the worm's always writhing. If you ever take a worm, cut it in half and watch it. Mm -hmm. And it just writhes and squirms or try to get it and it squirms and tries to get away. And, And the Bible says that we will be like the worm in pain, writhing forever and ever and ever for eternity because of this evil. And I said, man, do you want, you want to give your life to Jesus? And he looked me dead in the eye and he goes, I'll stay the worm. Wow. Lord have mercy. <laughs> and I love this guy. Mm-hmm. Broke my heart. At any rate, um, so we see here in 2 Peter 3.10, it says, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. Because remember that we're talking about judgment and that, that God, you know, God's patient but it, only, it does run out, verse 10, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. And so there's, there's evil on earth and God will deal with it, guys. And I'm telling you, I just want to encourage you to hear the word of God and practice, exercise your volition for God and don't choose to stay the worm. And mind you, I said, don't choose. I didn't say don't choose to be the worm. I said, don't choose to stay the worm because you're automatically the worm until you surrender to Christ. And so then um, the day of the Lord comes as a thief in the night. In the meantime, while we're still on earth, while things are still as crazy as they are, Second Corinthians 4, 4 says this, whose minds the God of this age has blinded whose minds Satan has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is in the image of God, should shine on them. In the meantime, Satan is going to continue to blind, discourage, deceive the multitude. Misery loves company. I'm going to hell, so are you, with everything he's got. He doesn't care what religion we are. He just wants to keep us away from Jesus. That's it. Because Jesus is the victor. 
Paul explains how people willingly reject the truth of God in Romans 1.28. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. God doesn't hand them over until they choose to walk away from God. Choice. Volition. As they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. They exercised their will. They hardened their heart. That's exactly what happened. Remember, like you said, and, and, and by the way, the more you sin the easier it is to keep sinning and the worse our sins will become because we keep pushing the envelope. Yeah. Conscience gets seared and just gets hardened. You know, you sear the meat and keeps the everything on the inside. And that that's kind of a good thing in cooking, but see people get seared by hardness of deceitfulness of sin. Well, everything's kept on the inside and it's all heading barreling. Yeah. And by the way, by the way, what's on the inside comes out. You ever sure been around, does. you ever been, I know you've been around a drunk, stupid question. Um, <laughs> uh, and it may have been you mm-hmm. at one time. Both. Remember how, when we would drink and then, or you were around a drunk that drinks all the time and then they start sweating and there's no alcohol around, but when they start sweating, what do you smell? Mm, You're like, yeah. Oh dude, you stink. Cause all you smell is the hops and the yeah, weed. And the I've, I've, I've been, I've been both. I've right. Yeah. Because, listen, what goes in comes out. Because of people's selfish desire, remember, uh, Paul explains how people willingly reject the truth of God, and because of people's selfish desires brings perilous times. 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5 says, But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanders, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. From such people, turn away. Sounds like any local high school, doesn't it? <laughs> All those things are here in our It sounds like our any, culture today. Anywhere you go is what it sounds like. Yeah. It's the last days. And, and, and the seducers will wax worse and worse and it's just it's in our face. And I will tell you this Satan will give you as much rope as you need as long as you're running away from God. Yep. But one day he's gonna pull that rope and he's gonna hang you. If you turn toward God, he'll snatch it back, but then God has you. It's an amazing ride. Because of people's selfish desires, perilous times are going to come. We read that. Even Christians still struggle. We're not perfect, right? And what brings on the struggle? Sinful nature is still with us. We have to suppress it every day, take it to Christ. I die daily, Paul said. And when we die daily, we walk in victory. We don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Romans chapter 7 talks about that which I no longer desire to do, that I do, right? I think it's 7 7. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? Certainly not. On the contrary, I would not have known sin except through the law, for I would not have known covetous unless the law said, You shall not covet. But sin, taking opportunity by the commandment, produced in me all manner of evil desires. For apart from the law, sin was dead. I was alive once without the law, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. Verse 10, and the commandment, which was to bring life, I found to bring death. For sin, taking occasion by the commandment, deceived me and by it, killed me. Therefore, the law is holy and the commandment holy and just and good. Verse 13, has then what is good become death to me? Certainly not, but sin that it might appear sin was producing death in me through what is good so that sin through the commandment might become exceedingly sinful. And then he starts on this famous part of the passage where we go, (laughs) he says, 
For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For what am I doing? I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that's what I do. If then I do that I will not to do, I agree with the law that is good. But now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. And so Paul brings it together and says, Christian, you're still going to struggle if you don't take it captive. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's the every believer's battle, the flesh within. Thank God for the spirit that comes in. And as we choose to walk in the spirit, his power is activated and we no longer walk in the flesh. And the victory is in Jesus within us. And ultimately, the victory will be on the outside when Christ returns. But in the meantime, we're in this battle, and it's it's huge. Yeah. But th- that and, battle, and, and we got to remember too, that which we feed becomes the strongest. Yeah. You feed the flesh, it will overwhelm the spirit. You feed the spirit, it'll conquer the flesh. Yep. Yep. Feed the spirit. Walk in the spirit. Stay in the word. Be a great. I tell people yeah. today. It's a phrase I've adopted. Just worship your way through. Right. You just worship. When you worship your way through, Lord, I don't understand everything out there, but you do. Lord, you know within me is no good thing, uh, but but you're with me. Uh, Lord, I'm in over my head, but it's not over your head. Lord, I'm weak, but when I'm weak, then you're strong. And and I'm just learning as I can't figure everything out in this world. Right. And boy, the world is amped. Satan's tightening his grip. And but the pressures are mounting. And everything that was good is now evil. Everything that was evil is now good. You got all this gender issue. Uh, the good guys are the bad guys. But you know what? I can worship my way through. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and it won't fail. Well, here's the thing. It keeps your eyes stayed on him and your heart stayed on and our hand on the plow we never get off mission because what happens is when we go against god the result is we contribute to the problem of evil in the world yep we sure do and so then christians i tell people that don't vote don't complain you have no right also tell christians who live in the world don't complain about it being evil you have no right you are contributing to the problem when you are sinful and you're contributing to the problem when you don't vote. So you, you sacrifice your right to complain. That's what I tell people. They don't like to hear it, but, that's what I, but it's true. Yeah, I agree. It's true. It's, it is true. But I also want you to see here that we contribute to the problem, but, and again, remember, man falls, God picks him up. Man falls, God picks him up. God's gracious, and he graciously forgives. First John 1, 9, if we confess mm. our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness or evil. The most visited verse in my Bible. It is a wonderful, because it's a promise of God. And then if you are one of those people who say, well, I haven't sinned, tends for you. If we say that we have not sinned, we make God a liar and God's word is not in us. Man, don't you love how God just points the finger at you and goes, ah, just revealed you. <laughs> You're an I idiot. exposed you. <laughs> You're an idiot, but I still love you. Come on, man. Get with the program. Yeah. So listen, through the work of the Holy Spirit, we're able to put our deeds to death and we can live in his ways. Philippians 2, 12 and 13. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. That's when you love God so much, you do it even when nobody's looking, which is also a sign of your character. What are you going to do when nobody's watching? Uh, But now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. That doesn't mean that you get saved by yourself. It simply means that you are going to do what God convicts you to do and not do what God convicts you not to do. That's working out your salvation. Verse 13, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. And that was takes us back to the other word you said earlier before the podcast, and that was volition. No, nope, the next word. Yield. Yield. Yeah, I just, just marked that down. You, you come up this whole issue. 
that the, the whole theme of this podcast, why is there so much evil in the world? And, and we've covered it kind of from the beginning to, to the ending. I think the two greatest words are volition. That's why. And the victory is yield. Uh, it isn't like muster up the strength and figure it out and, 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 and gather together and get, no, no, no. You, Christ is the victory. We believe in him. We yield to him and the surge of his power in us to walk in victory within and make a difference in, from without. You know, I can't change the, the direction. God hasn't called us to change the direction of eternity. Right. The Antichrist is coming. I'm not a failure, but you know what? I can make a difference. In my town, and when I travel around from church to church, I lift up my voice. I expose truth. People hear the truth, and they they yield. They yield. And yep. I'll say this. Whatever you yield to, that's your God. Yeah. Wouldn't you say, uh, John, I, I mean, talk with you on a regular basis, but I think you've had more people saved in your ministry here at Connecting Point than any other year. Oh, yeah. This year has been phenomenal. Yeah, as, as evil as is raising up its ugly head and tightening his its grip, there are people that the spirit is visiting and knocking on the door of yes, their heart, yes. and it's people like you who raise up their voice like a trumpet and show people the sin and show people what's going on in the world and Satan's agenda and what's going on and where it's all heading, and they're like they begin to listen, yep. and he knocks on the door of their heart and they yield volition is what caused it all, which yep. is love. Yep. Yep. Uh, love's opportunity to obey or disobey. And then the victory is in yielding. It's in the yielding. Ephesians four seventeen through 32. And I don't have time to read it all, but I give this so that you can, you can uh, uh, write it down. Ephesians four seventeen through 32. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness and uh, of their blindness. And it goes on. Read that passage. It clearly lays out through the Holy Spirit. We don't have to walk in darkness. We don't have to be evil. Colossians 3, 1 through 14. If then you were raised with Christ, that means you are born again. Seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Once again, through the Holy Spirit, if you read this passage, it's a, it's a little bit lengthy for the podcast, but if you read it, you will see how to have victory through the Holy Spirit. Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, literally he's saying, I'm begging you, therefore, because of what I just taught you in 11, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, and I love this part right here, which is your reasonable service common sense it's reasonable i'm not asking for anything excessive it's reasonable right and do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove show exemplify what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of god and then we have hebrews 12 1 and 2 which I love this passage as well, right? Therefore, well, again, because of what I just told you, you got to go back. Anytime you see a therefore, you go back to see what it's there for. Therefore, we also, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, the witnesses are in chapter 11, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. The weight is that which is holding you back. The sin is that which is tripping you up. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, you and I was the joy set before him. Can you imagine our he knew evil? That, he knew that dead drunk and that hippie guy, that those that street fighter, they're going to find we, Jesus. We were the joy. He was going to transform our lives. It's so amazing to me, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And so again, through the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit, we can put evil behind us. I'm going to say this, not because, not because I'm trying to disparage what I just said, but evil will persist until Christ returns. So we have to persist in the pursuit of holiness. 
God restrains evil. You're not in this alone. We find it in Job chapter 1 and chapter 2. We find it in 2 Thessalonians 2, 6 through 12. And now you know what is restraining that he who may be revealed in his own time for the mystery of the lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains God will do so until he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy the brightness of his coming. And then it goes on and read it through 12. And what you will see is that God restrains evil. He's engaged in the battle. We're not alone. He's not left us alone, has he? He has not. And then I want you to understand, you know, why does evil persist? Listen, God does not author or applaud evil. He is not the creator of it, nor does he applaud it, but he will use it for his honor and his glory. James 1, 2 through 4. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience and let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete lacking nothing. And so God allows the evil in the world to actually perfect us. It all works together for good. Doesn't it, it all works together for good. And then in first uh, Peter one, six through nine in this, you greatly rejoice Though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness, that's the key word, that the genuine, I, I preached on this, so I'm still passionate about it, that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it be tested by fire, may f- be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love though now you do not see him yet believing you will rejoice with joy inexpressible full of glory receiving the end of your faith the salvation of your souls and it all hinges on the genuineness of your faith we're engaged in the battle but the battle will end one day in victory it will be worth it all, the old hymn said, when we see Jesus. Yeah, and guys, I, I hope I hope that you really check your faith, make sure it's genuine, that you're not deceived, you're not believing a lie, but you're truly born again, a child of God. And so as you work through that, and, and it'll take a little bit, but you work through it, you check your faith, you look for it in the Word of God and through the convicting of the Holy Spirit. And man, you'll do great and you'll walk in righteousness and evil will dissipate. The more we walk in righteousness, the more evil dissipates. Yeah. Hey guys, I hope this has helped you. If it has, please like, follow, share, subscribe. Share it with someone that you know or someone that it might help as well. And just remember, you control the evil that's around you, either by participating in it or killing it or stepping back from it. You have volition. You have volition to surrender to God or surrender to Satan. And remember, whichever one you surrender to, that's your God. Hey, I hope this has helped. And if it has, God bless you until next week.